so this is a uh, an intro before the actual intro. I, I'm recording. I'm re-recording the intro uh, because the the tarot portion, Jacqueline's portion of the podcast, isn't quite finished. She was working on tarot scopes for the Patreon subscribers all weekend. Basically, we had a long weekend, luckily, and didn't get around to finishing up the podcast episode. So we decided to throw in my portion, which is quite lengthy. Anyway, I decided to do something special for you guys. Um, so I'm just popping on to wish you guys a happy new year. I have a another intro coming with the episode that I recorded, but I just wanted to pop on and let you know that the tarot portion is on the way very shortly. Hang in there. Thanks a lot. Please enjoy the horoscopes. Is that what you're going to call it though? Is that what you're going to call it? Do I get to name it? Stars and shit. Hey everybody, welcome to Stars and Shit, your dose of astrology with Gabe. So we're at the end, or the beginning, of the the Gregorian calendar new year, something like that, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, welcome to a new year. I've decided to pile on the horoscopes that I'm sure you all are hearing from every astrologer and their mother. <laughs> so, uh, but I wanted to try and do something different. I wanted to do, I'm just going to do horoscopes for January. Last time I did horoscopes, you said you guys really like it. Um, they're a lot of work, but I decided this was a good reason to do all that work. But I'm going to do it by tracking your ruling planet. So just a brief synopsis here, your rising sign has a planet that rules it traditionally. I am I, I practice Hellenistic astrology, so um, when it comes to rulerships, I use the, the seven visible planets, um, everything up to Saturn. That's the way that I understand it, um, so I don't acknowledge Neptune, Uranus, or Pluto as rulers of any of the signs. So we'll be talking about them in that way, but I thought this might be a good way to really personalize it we're going to try it. I've actually not ever heard any other astrologers do it this way, so so we're going to give it a try. I like to think about the ruling planet as like a game piece going around the board. Like like playing trouble or sorry or something like that. I I visualize the astrology chart like the circle with all of the divisions and it's got it's got spaces all the way around for every planet to go around and then my ruling planet or whomever's chart i'm looking at's ruling planet is like their character piece like bopping around over here in sagittarius or something like that how are they positioned what's their next move going to look like it's it's just a perspective but it helps me it helps me perceive it more like a character in a story which is a really good way to think about your rising sign um, so again, since it's New Year's and every astrologer is pulling out their horoscopes, um, we're going to try this thing. So, uh, really love to know if you guys like this. I could do something like this. Um, this one's going to be a little bit longer than I'm usually, than I'm usually doing. So hopefully guys, you like the deeper dive here. Um, but I could do something like this going forward using your ruling planet. So if you guys dig that, um, then let me know. Or if you don't and you just want to 
and you just want to hear me do it the the right way or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. Um, so here we go with Aries. On January 5th, Mars moves into Capricorn. Aries is ruled by Mars. Mars is exalted in Capricorn. That means it's fairly happy there. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, but Mars is exalted there. Um, this is taking place in your 10th house, which is an angu angular house. And angular houses are just a, a little bit louder. The 1st, the 7th, the 10th, and the 4th are your angu angular houses. Um, so this is, this is giving strong motivation, advocacy, grit, and even aggression. Maybe fear or anger. Um, all associated with one's main focus of doing in their life. Uh, usually this is work, but it could be a hobby or school, um, like the biggest part of your day. It's where, it's where we spend most of our energy. Uh, Mar Mars and Cap is determined and trying to make futures prosperous. One might also be denying yourself pleasures or rest in the name of a cause. Uh, so be careful of burnout this month or early on this month. The next transits I have are two that I've lumped together, and this is where Mars, again the ruling planet, is going to tr is going to trine both Jupiter and Uranus, but uh, about thirteen, about two weeks apart. Um, but while Mars is trining in between them um, and through them, there could be this this interaction while that's happening. Bigger expressions of hard or passionate emotions, inflation of confidence, ego, and a need for independence. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn and has a tendency to withhold and bottle things up. So these so these emotions may not come out as like big scream fights or um, big shows of emotion. Um, aggression can be more passive in this way. Um, especially with Saturn and Pisces, it might be a type of escapism or desire for autonomy. Um, also could be simply a hard time at work. Maybe some big financial changes like, like the frustration of working longer hours but then being rewarded by a larger paycheck or appreciation or a promotion even. With Jupiter and Uranus in the second house of resources, um, my advice would be to remember to, I guess, just feel when you need a break, Aries people. All right, so we're we're off into the races here. We're on to Taurus. The first thing we have for Taurus is on, uh, I think the day you'll be listening to this, which is January 1st, Venus and Sagittarius square Saturn. Um, Taurus is ruled by Venus. Um, look out for hardships and careful, daunting work to overcome in implementing your desires. Uh, Venus, your ruling planet, is transiting through the 8th house and is bringing some creative harmony to the area of life involving debts and contracts. However, there may be some hurdles. That's the square to Saturn. There's some excitement here, but overall this is... I think concerning others, benefits that come from others, chores or hard tasks that are there because of others. It may be time to get to work to make sure that you keep promises. That can be another way to look at 
debts and contracts, uh, promises that you made to others, like a project or a new release that others are expecting. Uh, ad advice here is that you may just need to get started. Um, Sagittarius can be good for that, so lean on Venus if you can. Um, the next one is at the very end of the month. Um, Venus, the Moon, Jupiter are all connected in a, in a loose Earth trine. And I just wanted to hit this. I'll hit this a couple times. Uh, there, there is a lot going on in your first house and, and ninth house. Venus, Mars, and Mercury in, in Capricorn are in a trine with Uranus and Jupiter in the first house, all anchored by the moon, which is also opposite Saturn. Um, along the 5th and 11th axis. So so this is a lot to visualize and conceptualize. So I just want to zoom out for you and take a look at the bigger picture. What have you been nurturing for yourself this past year? For your own body and mind? Maybe there are some projects in the works that once completed will allow you more autonomy? Um, maybe. Uh, have you been learning any new skills or trades or practicing new ways of seeing after your health, physical or mental? Uh, th this can be a bit of a like a magical moment to so try not to miss it where where you can see the pieces falling into place. Grand grand trines are a fascination fascination of mine because I have one natally and sometimes I wonder what kind of hope and understanding they can bring us with all that energy focused in one element working for you. So, um, just food for thought for you Tauruses. All right, on to Gemini rising. We have January 1st, Mercury turns direct. So we can all just breathe a collective sigh of relief and hope we didn't miss too much. <laughs> uh, send those emails you were going to send and didn't get back uh, and get back to everyone you ghosted. Gemini's, we can understand you again. Um, seems like we accidentally pressed the mute button. Uh, that's all. Moving on. Um, that was just a quick one. Mercury square Neptune. So this is a repeat transit. That was because Mercury was retrograde and is going back over the same the same spaces that it's been over before. If we're talking about game pieces again. Um, this transit happened the day after Christmas in your 7th and 10 houses, Geminis. It's, it's tough since most people listening here anyway to, to, say that, to say that this can signify tension or miscommunication in the household um, just because it was the day after Christmas and that's kind of that can be a hectic time if, if you're celebrating. Um, but maybe some dropped balls or an upset partner that... Um, Again, that probably happened to everyone, but this is but this is one that could be tied to work somehow. Uh, I think of I think of the old movie Christmas Vacation where Chevy Chase I don't remember the character's name but um, doesn't get his Christmas bonus and um, and throws a big fit and has this big long monologue that's hilarious. But uh, any any heated outbursts or harsh words that were exchanged like after Christmas maybe a big understanding. Um, this would be a good time to not let that happen again, I think, and and to learn um, more more than anything, just to look back at that time, what may have happened. Um, we don't want it to escalate. 
or we and we don't want it to have a repeat if there was anything. Um, so a good time to look back and learn from anything that happened before. The last thing I got for Gemini's here is Mercury trying Jupiter on January 19th. This is another repeat signature back when Mercury was retrograde, um, but it goes back a little further. If, it, if any Gemini's out there journal, take a look at December 7th. This could be another conversation or document or email of some sort or some sort of declaration. Uh, this is taking place again in the 8th and 12th houses, uh, maybe concerning debts, not just of money, but again of promises or or karma that is owed to another. Maybe you spent someone else's energy and you owe it back. Uh, maybe someone did you a favor and, and they have some resentment. Uh, Jupiter is in the 12th, kind of hiding and isolating, but also perhaps cultivating something like... That, that may seem out of reach. Um, if Jupiter, like if Jupiter represented a person, um, that it may be difficult to get into contact with, or you know, how could how could that be affecting your finances or resources? So good luck, Gemini's. Off to Cancer. Cancers ruled by the Moon on January third. The Moon is conjunct the South Node and the IC. Um, so it just I won't go into everything here. The IC is signifies the bottom of your specific chart in a natal setting, um, the place of resting. Uh, Cancer is ruled by the moon again, so we're going to take a look at like the moon cycle. Um, the first thing that comes to my attention is this: is this potentially powerful last quarter moon in Libra, with the South Node and the IC all in the fourth house. Fourth house is the place of home and family. This is a transit that says New Year's resolution to me in, in, a, in a strange way. The, the last quarter moons are a tipping point and can be good at letting go of what doesn't serve, coupled with the south node, which can give that just a little bit more emphasis on a very similar thing of moving beyond who you were into who you're meant to be or supposed to be or whatever, whatever you believe there. And ideas about thinking about the past and that may allow you to move forward more clearly. Libra moons also have an air of weighing options and, and keeping what feels good. So that's your that's your New Year's resolutions for you Cancers. On the 10th, January 10th, there's a, a dark moon in Capricorn, which is the moon right before the new moon, where you can barely see it. Sometimes there's a sliver, sometimes you can't see it at all. So the dark moon in Capricorn with the sun, Mars, and Pluto. So there's a, a big pile up right there, and the moon's going to get in there and just, just kind of shine some, well, not really shine some light, but it's going to be in there activating some of this. Um, so we'll talk about a big transit for the Sun and Pluto when we get to Leo next, but the Moon is going to prep us here for a big shift in the seventh, seventh house. The Moon is like a reflection of our deeper feelings and our, em and our emotional e and even trauma responses to stimuli in life. This Capricorn balsamic Moon, as it's known, 
isn't emitting much light, which is which causes us to be engulfed in the dark. With these other harder-edged planets like Mars and and Pluto, we might be looking at what what we bring to a relationship. We're in the seventh house. The the lighter things and and the darker things. Uh, there might be maybe an emotional purging around this time. My advice here is to try and see it as a constructive deep cleaning and to try and make room for something new. Lastly, for cancers, I have January 21st and 22nd. Just a, a couple days here, a span. Um, the moon is passing through cancer's 12th house. In, in Gemini as the Sun and Pluto move into Aquarius together. Um, this, is, this is the big thing that we're going to talk about with Leos in a second, but there can be a lot of physical energy associated with a waxing gibbous, and mostly I'm curious as to what will happen here with the Moon in the 12th house. Of The 12th house is associated with contraction and illness and some secrets. Um, maybe, you, maybe you want what you can't have. Um, in a way. Sorry, it's not more upbeat for you cancers. That's not always how astrology works. Uh, I will say that keeping some sort of journal around the beginning of the month may help you understand the end of it. I think overall, in my opinion, cancers are lucky to have the moon on their side, but it does mean that they end up feeling things a little bit more. So on to Leo. Leo, I have one transit for you. Sorry. It is January 21st and through the January 24th. And this is the Sun conjunct Pluto into a full moon in the first and seventh houses. The Sun conjunct Pluto happens on the 21st and the full moon is a couple days afterwards. But I... I think it's going to be hard to actually separate the two, so they might just be conflated over a couple days. So, um, again, all, all of these transits are happening. Let me explain something really quick. Um, all of these transits are happening to everyone. Uh, I'm the way that I'm splitting them up is focusing on just the ruling planets, but everyone will, you know, be here for Sun conjunct Pluto. This is not happening in a vacuum in Leo's in Leo's, you know in Leo's backyard. Um, but they are experiencing something special about it. Not only are they ruled by the sun, but having it happen in the first and seventh houses, which again, as I explained, were angular houses and can be louder, uh, makes it a little bit more profound. Um, so this is definitely one of the biggest transits of the year, essentially. The, the sun will move into Aquarius on the exact same day as Pluto, which is the slowest moving planet, well, I mean, the slowest moving of the not-so-traditional, not-so-traditional planets, of the outer planets. Um, there's, there's Chiron, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in astrology, but Pluto, very slow-moving planet. Um, you know, just, just the odds of this is not really math that I want to figure out. So, yeah, um, both of these will be moving, Sun and Pluto will be moving out of the sixth and into the seventh and three days later there is a full moon in the first house so in in true leo fashion it's all about leo i mean that lovingly 
I have I have more Leo placements than I'm comfortable with sharing. So I feel like I can say that a little bit, but I'm not a Leo rising. Um, Sun-Pluto transits are deep reflections of some of the innermost soul material. Uh, stuff that we may not be aware of ourselves, secrets even to ourselves. Sometimes learning these things about ourselves can make us feel shame and guilt and fear. And it's less so if you're willing to go there. You hear people talk about shadow work sometimes, and um, this is this is giving a little bit of shadow work vibes. Um, Sun Pluto is definitely that type of that type of reflection. You don't need to necessarily run away with that, but um, for Leos, it will be what about you? Um, instead of what about me? which can be hard for the ego. Um, like, how can I be me for you? How can I better me for you? With the first and the seventh, that, um, that back and forth there, um, there, may be, there may be an actual partner or spouse or friend or um, people that need you for some reason. And um, you know, what, do they, what do they need from you? What have, and, and that's hard to... That's hard to conceptualize because there's so many ways that we can be. And then there's the question of how much of yourself do you change? But the idea is that you don't change you. You become, you dare to become your true self. And, and that's a journey that, that's a journey that Sun Pluto facilitates. Um, so the full moon coming through right after in the first house may really bring this home and escalate any feelings surrounding any of these questions that are being asked by you or by your friends or your loved ones. Um, so for everyone, so for everyone, Sun Pluto in Aquarius is, is asking all of us similar questions. Um, and I, I may talk more about this transit um, the next time uh, for the next episode because, because of how big it is and I feel like it's kind of a responsibility to, to cover it, even though everybody will be. I don't know why I try to stand out just to stand out sometimes. It's, you know, rebelliousness in my nature. So moving on to Virgo. I'm sure all of you guys are waiting for your sign. I'll, I'll get there as quick as I can. Virgo, we have rules ru ruled by Mercury. January 8th, Mercury square Neptune again. And, and we're looking back to December 26th, but this time we're looking at the 4th and 7th houses, two angular houses. Um, again, I explained that angular houses are can be a little bit louder. Um, we're looking at miscommunication or harsh words or emotional outbursts with Mars close behind Mercury there concerning a partner or a close friend or issues at home or, or with a, a close friend that you don't live with. So again, this is important because the transit is repeating now that Mercury is going forward again and will retrace its steps. Mars has moved on and the moon is, is with you here. Mercury's, Mercury rulers, people ruled by Mercury. Um, so don't let any resurgence of feelings take you down in a bad way. Fix, repair, apologize if needed or forgive if you can. Um, Mercury and Sagittarius can perhaps see the other side of the story. 
take advantage of this. Uh, Mercury square Neptune is also a very dreamy transit, and it's it's it can be fun to get lost and to um, imagine, and um, and so use that creativity constructively. And um, I, I really like this transit typically, but I also I also I also tend to get lost, and sometimes it the other parts of my life suffer. Um, next is Mercury trine Jupiter on January 19th. So we're looking back at December 26th again when this transit came through. I wonder what Jupiter has been working on for you in the ninth house of education, pilgrimage, and contemplation. Maybe challenging your ways of thinking about the world has has there been any big moves or exploration whether you're physically going somewhere or or whether it's mentally whether it's a an exploration into in into an art or a philosophy or uh, another way of being um, this can sometimes represent a um, like I said a relocation to another country or going to school or back to school. Uh, I mean, sometimes this can be religious in nature. Mercury is not the only planet to making this trine to Jupiter and Uranus in your ninth. So it's possible some creativity, playfulness, and joy is headed your way. Um, I don't want to be too optimistic for fear of it letting you down, but uh, this honestly just looks like fun. Um, I would say don't overanalyze it, Virgos. A kid, kind of. Okay, we're here at Libra. We're ruled by Venus again. We're looking at January 1st, Venus in Sagittarius square Saturn. Again, a repeat transit from Taurus, but the, the houses change to Venus in the 4th, square Saturn in the 6th. There could be some attention or design energy being put into put, putting a change into one's immediate surroundings or daily routine. Sometimes this could be something as as mundane as rearranging furniture or redecorating, but it's important to remember that the part of the third house that that relates to the mind um, is really what's at work here. To change habits or routine, one first has to change their mind. So the question may be, what has Saturn been working on changing in the sixth? Are you being called to sacrifice or devote yourself in a different way? Uh, what could be some of the visual, the touchable, sensual consequences of this? Venus is about aesthetics and Libras can usually be counted on to have an opinion there. Whether whether it's accepted or not is another is another story, but... Um, moving on to the next transit, January 10th, Venus trine the North Node. I threw this one on Libra and not Taurus because of the Libra eclipse this fall. Uh, this is basically a check-in point. How are things going? October 14th, which was the day of the Libra solar eclipse, may have been a, a barn burner, a banner day for some Libras. What has happened since then? This is the part of the cycle where one might be able to see some of the seeds starting to sprout. Um, so sometimes just remembering where it all start us started 
helps us to see the story a little bit more clearly. So just a little note there. Moving on to January 28th, we have our Venus Moon Jupiter Grand Earth Trine once again. Um, I won't say a ton here because I've hit the basics and we'll we'll continue to hit the basics, but I'll just um, reintegrate this into the Libra rising houses. Venus is in the fourth house of home and family, along with Mars and Mercury. Jupiter and Uranus are in the eighth house of debts and contracts, and the moon is in the twelfth, opposite Saturn and Neptune in the sixth. So again, this is just a good moment to try and find some synchronicity, to see a plan come together, or before it, or before it comes together, you might be seeing into the future a little bit, some possibilities. Uh, there could be a lot of strong feelings, action, thought, mindfulness, and design happening around the family. This probably isn't something spontaneous, but maybe like a redesigning or reinvention of your specific unit, your family unit. Um, this could be your immediate family or chosen family, like your, your close friends. Uh, this could also signify breakups, marriages, moving in with a girlfriend or boyfriend, big home renovations. I see mostly relief being sent from Jupiter and Uranus, but always watch out for that bill that has come due. We do have some stuff going on the 8th here. Um, all right. Off to Scorpio. We have a Mars-ruled rising sign with our Scorpios. January 5th, Mars into Capricorn. Hitting that again for you guys. Mars is exalted in the third house this time. The strong motivation, advocacy, and grit may be directed towards something like a routine. Your immediate locale or your role in the neighborhood kind of thing. Maybe highlighting some patterns that no longer fit in your life. I heard the house, the third house, sorry, described as, as the aquarium to a fish one time, and I really liked it. It was a good visual. So like, what plants and rocks are you used to? Maybe you need to find a new rock to hang out under. Maybe you need a new aquarium entirely. The water might be dirty. Uh, this is a decent metaphor, as Scorpio is a water sign. Uh, you may want, as Scorpios, you may want to naturally dig deeper to find the vulnerable threads that pull you closer to perfection. Um, but Mars here may have you analyzing or ruminating on your place in it. Um, is work or action required? Would be the question, I think. So we're hitting the other Mars transits here. Mars trying Jupiter and Uranus between January 17th and January 30th. So again, big expressions of emotions, passion, declaration, sudden needs in a relationship maybe, uh, maybe for independence. Jupiter and Uranus are in your seventh house of partners, supporting, supporting characters and leisure. The seventh house can also be uh, where you go after your day is done, who you spend your time with after, after the heat of the day. Um, is there anything happening here that's been building to a head? Some sort of emotional release or desire that's not being met. Does it have anything to do with roles or commitments? Where do your beliefs and principles align with your relationship and is there any tension here? This could also be a good breeding ground for cooperative effort 
towards something that's important to you and your partner. Again, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It could just be a friend that you work closely with or do fun stuff with. Maybe this has more to do with a promise, like we talked about, uh, that you made to someone else or yourself. It could be time to keep it or even let it go and forgive it. So, it's a lot for Scorpios. Hang in there. Sagittarius, we have January 12th through the 19th, so that's like a week, where Mars and Mercury are going to trine Jupiter. Sagittarius, traditionally, is ruled by Jupiter. So again, we hit these transits already, but we're going to check them out from Sag's place. Ruled by Jupiter, again, we're looking back at December 26th, when this transit first happened. Um, when Mercury came through with Jupiter. Um, Jupiter and Taurus may be growing something big for you, but the sixth house will make you work for it. It may not be work that you're necessarily dreading, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Sorry, Sagittarius. Uh, big expansions require big obstacles to overcome. So you use that ability to be to be optimistic here. Um, drain that drain that well dry. Um, but with both of these planets in this in the second house and Mercury having Mercury having been here before, it seems like something needs may need your attention, your energy. Something that may provide you resources. And Mars is here in Cap to light a little fire so that you can stay up and get it done. Maybe this is something you're aware of and it's been hard to find the time, um, but I believe in you. It's a good Sagittarius, Sagittarius phrase. January 28th, we have Venus, Moon, Jupiter in the Grand Earth Trine once again. So we have the second house, sixth house, and tenth house involved here. We're trying to manifest and see it all come together. Uh, it, it may not be this way, but at its best for Sages, this could be when you've finished tightening all the bolts, sanded the edges, and stood back and admired it. The question is, what is it? And, and it could be that this is an initiation where you finished something small and it gave you the it, it gave you the ability to see the bigger picture and know that you can take on more um, maybe you know what this is um, but this is the moment that you could realize also what it could be um, with the second and tenth involved anchored by Saturn in the fourth I see a catalyst in Saturn or a purpose a, the reason for the work um, leading to a job or an idea like the like the 10th house of um, of doing in the world uh, or a passion and and the hope and beauty and harmony and grandness coming together in the trine um, hoping the best here for tages uh, slow planets in the sixth can be hard Capricorn Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. So on January 1st, which is probably today as you're listening, we have Venus and Sagittarius square Saturn. We've talked about this before, but instead we're ruled by Saturn. So we're going to 
spin it around and look at it a little bit differently. Um, Saturn's in the third house and Venus is in the twelfth. Uh, I'd say that Venus in the twelfth could be giving some relief to a blockage or hardship in the third house of environment and routine. We talked about habits starting with a change of mind and Venus could be shining a little light or sending a little optimism towards Saturn. Uh, maybe it's a little push to reorient yourself and change direction. Uh, Capricorns will work until they fall over, but they can sometimes find that they're working too hard or on the wrong thing or digging in the wrong direction. Uh, this may be a sign to slow down and listen, look at it from a different angle. This may be, this may be some relieving insight um, if you can get out of your own head for a second. So urging that. January 28th, we're looking back at this grand trine, Venus, Moon, Jupiter, um, but we're looking at it from Saturn's perspective, which again was opposite the moon and the anchor of the grand trine. Um, grand trines um, involve just a, a little grand trine info here. Um, planets in all three of the uh, all three of the signs of the same element, and there is quite often an opposition at some point. And if there is, then this planet is known as sometimes is known as the anchor. Um, so. Um, it makes sense that we've hit this a bunch because there's a lot of planets involved here. So we're in the first, the fifth, and the ninth houses, and Saturn at the anchor opposite the moon is still in the third house. I feel a harmonious balance and support coming from a packed first house at this moment, highlighting you, you Capricorn, and the expansive energy coming from Jupiter in the fifth house, helping, helping cultivate, and and then the moon is shining on you, your game piece, or urging you to expand your mind, and maybe look harder at any suffering, melancholy feelings, or roadblocks that have maybe plagued you recently with with Saturn there. Um, it just might be a good opportunity for Capricorn to know that it's okay to ask for help and hard things are hard they can't be classified in any other way um, so um, you don't have to do it alone um, but those could be also the starting gun for something else um, Jupiter in your fifth house is a pretty, pretty nice place for Jupiter to be hanging out. The fifth house is about joy and playfulness and creativity. Um, it could be bringing a lot of that, and it could be hard to see right away. Um, so, again, hang in there, Capricorn. Aquarius, also ruled by Saturn. Sometimes people will classify, um, not classify. Sometimes this is ruled by Uranus. If you're not going by ancient astrology or Hellenistic point of view. Um, but we do Saturn here on awakened tarot. Um, we have January 1st, Venus and Sagittarius square Saturn. Uh, last time on this transit, but we're looking at it 
um, with Venus in the 11th and Saturn in the 2nd. I see hardship at work, difficulty. Um, maybe you're not unhappy necessarily, but it could be kind of a slow go and Saturn's at the beginning of, of Pisces down there in your second house. So you've got a couple years of this type of energy and some things to overcome. Um, maybe there's just like a flow you're striving for that you just can't seem to get going like you want it to. Um, I think this transit is reminding Aquarius who can be idealistic uh, when it when it comes to others' needs to remember that there's not always a one-size-fits-all solution. Uh, we can evolve and become better with great new ideas, but you need the community, the friends, the cooperation. Uh, that's got to be there too. Um, there's good and bad times for ideas. Um, the idea isn't always enough as well. You need, you know, you need everyone on board. So good ideas need adjusting, trimming, and baking and frosting before they're ready to be eaten. On January 21st, we have the Sun conjunct Pluto in the first house. So this doesn't involve Saturn at all, but I wanted to mention it because Aquarius is going to house Saturn in their first for the next, I don't know, 15 years. Um, but this will signify a new cycle where Pluto will move um, from the 12th house into the first house for Aquarius. Um, now Pluto ingressed into Aquarius last year around the same time and then through its retrograde went back into Capricorn um, to pick up a, a few more boxes before moving completely. Uh, I would say, uh, carrying on this metaphor, that there's always a little more stuff than you thought when you go back for like the last load you know you you're already tired you have you you've spent all day moving but you you know you go back and ah oh, crap you forgot to clean something and it turns and turns into a late night or there was more stuff than you thought and you have a car full of trash <laughs> so um it might be nice to have pluto out of your 12th um and move on which may have caused a lot of deep confusion and self-reflection for a long time. Um, so there could be some clarity. It might be like trying to walk after like a long boat ride, but Pluto and Aquarius um, could bring some really innovative ways of thinking and transformation. Uh, good luck, Aquarius. Okay, we're to Pisces. January 12th through January 19th, we have Mars and Mercury trying Jupiter. Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. But this time, we're in the third house. So let's look back again at December 7th, when Mercury came through Capricorn the first time. What has Jupiter been growing for you in the third house, in your environment? Your own beaten path, or, or the 11th, your community and cohabitants, friend groups, or gathering places? What habits or routines have been changing for you? Maybe there's a new role you've undertaken in leadership or responsibility or status change. With Mercury and Mars coming through your 11th house of groups, um, it doesn't have to be with you necessarily who has taken up the new mantle, but maybe it's something you want or have been working toward and have to continue working toward. 
It could be as simple as a promotion, um, but the 11th doesn't always work also. So maybe maybe your TikTok following has skyrocketed or something recently. Um, Mar Mars Jupiter can get a little high and mighty, so uh, be careful out there. Stay humble. And lastly, we're doing one more look at Venus, Moon, Jupiter, Earth trine. Again, this is a loose Earth trine. Not all the planets are um, within the traditional three degree range um, that is considered exact. So um, this is this is sort of me making this work, but um, you can call it a whole sign trine as well. And this energy will still be in the air. And I've noticed that when trines come through, they are... Uh, they don't have to be necessarily exact, but the exact pieces of it will definitely hit harder, maybe. So uh, you can tell I like this one. We're, we're in our 11th house, 3rd house, and 7th house, but I think, again, it's best just to stand back at this moment and appreciate it. There may be a lot of hardships, maybe health things, physical or mental, that have been thrust upon Pisces with Saturn in the 1st house at the helm of your vehicle. Uh, whether that's true or not, maybe not yet, this may be a sign that help is there when you need it. Pisces feels deeply, and there's always concern about why the world isn't a certain way and how sad that is. And it's important for, for Pisces to be able to be allowed to grieve this fact. But maybe here with this fairly benefic trine there's some hope on the horizon from those around you the community friends and there may be something there may be something with a mother figure here to keep in mind uh, moon saturn combinations can sometimes mean that um so just a thought something to keep out nothing scary just uh you know maybe maybe call mom um um not everybody has the privilege to be able to do that so um all right i think we made it appreciate you guys hanging in there i hope that these were helpful and i liked i hope that you guys like this way of looking at horoscopes it's a little bit different um and i appreciate all of you for listening if you guys like this podcast please like and subscribe we're happy to hear any comments. We're happy to take some criticism. If you have some ideas or thoughts, uh, please be kind. We're kind people. We're just kind of doing what we love for not a whole lot of money. You know, a lot of this podcast is done um, pro bono. We do have a Patreon, um, but this is a this is a, a hobby for us. Jacqueline, my wife, is an amazing tarot reader. Um, I have followed in her in her leadership as trying to take up the the astrological role here and um we just really appreciate you guys thanks for a great year thanks for hanging with us i know every once in a while we got to take a break we're we're grinding just like you but um i really appreciate you guys i know jacqueline does too i'm sure she'll say it in her part i recorded before her this time so yay me um, but thanks again if you guys want more of this you can check out the patreon jackie just threw down something like a 45 minute talk um i'm excited to listen to it if you guys want to check it out um consider consider helping us out that way so thanks again we'll see you next time